Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Breathing 411. Just a reminder that this Saturday, November 18th, I'm hosting uh, another workshop. This one is titled Breathing for Better Brain Health, Practical Science and Breathing Tools You Can Use for Better Brain Health. Uh, I hosted this one back in July, and I got a great response, and so I decided to uh, run it again. Of course, if you can't make it, it'll be at 10 a.m. Eastern. We're all in different time zones, right? So if you can't make it, there will be a recording for anyone who signs up who can't make it. You can watch the recording, get get the breathing exercises and, and anything else that goes along with it. So uh, it's only 50 bucks. If you're interested, two hours uh, of learning about breathing in the brain and doing lots of different little exercises in between. So I hope you will join me. And with that, I will jump into this week's four thoughts. The first one is awesome. It is titled, How John Kabat-Zinn Got Introduced to Mindfulness, It's Not What You Might Think. And here is a quote. I would actually say that the sauna at MIT was probably my first and most powerful meditation teacher. And I used to go with some of my graduate student friends and sit in the sauna and crank the heat up as far as it would go. And you'd have to breathe more slowly in the sauna because it was so hot to just not burn your nostrils. And it was helpful if you didn't move around too much because even that took a lot of energy. And it was also helpful if you didn't think all that much. End quote. Uh, That is John Kabat-Zinn, PhD from Meditation for Optimum Health. It is a audio tape. So the quote is a little off. It's just me kind of transcribing it. Uh, in any case, that's why I read it kind of weird because I it didn't flow like a normal written sentence. Sorry about that. But it's just a neat story, right, for sauna lovers, of course, right? That's really cool. And it's a nice metaphorical reminder that sometimes stressors help us most in cultivating peace. And with that, we will move on to thought number two, sing more for better breathing. And here is a quote, singing provides our lungs with a workout resulting in enhanced respiratory muscles and more efficient breathing. Researchers call this optimized breathing, and arguably, it's exactly what we need as we walk, particularly if we sing in rhythm with our feet. End quote. And that is Annabelle Streets from that great book I've referenced a few times now, 52 Ways to Walk. Uh, as an overly self-conscious person, which I am, I cannot bring myself to sing while walking, but this passage has inspired me to sing more when no one is listening, of course, right? So I hope it does for you. Singing provides our lungs with a workout resulting in enhanced respiratory muscles and more efficient breathing. Just remember that and it will inspire you to uh, sing a little bit more. All right, let's move on to thought number three. It is uh, just a thought for me. This one is titled, What sets breathing apart from traditional diabetes approaches? It's Diabetes Awareness Month. I don't talk about that kind of stuff too much because as a person with diabetes, every minute of every day is diabetes awareness, right? But it is a really important uh, month for us. And so I thought I would just throw out a... uh, a little thought on why breathing and mindfulness are so are so powerful. So like traditional approaches to diabetes often forget that we're people with diabetes, right? Not diabetic people. So these approaches seem to only focus on our disease, not us. Everything is about diabetes. The, the diet to reverse diabetes, the exercise, or this new gadget every person with diabetes needs, right? It goes on and on. And so breathing and mindfulness are different. They are about bringing awareness to what's right with you, what's already whole. You know, that's as that's kind of a John Kabat-Zinn type line there, what's already whole. 
they cultivate resilience, compassionacy, and agency for just a better life in general. So that's to say they focus on making you a better person, not just improving your diabetes, right? Sometimes though, they do end up helping your diabetes and sometimes they don't, but either way, you have peace of mind and a better life. So to me, that's what I find these practices to be so helpful in managing my diabetes. Uh, of course, there's all these physiological benefits and we could go on and on about all the science, which is what got me into it, right? But it really just comes down to resilience, self-compassion, compassion, like awareness of that we're already whole, that we're right, everything's right with us, right? Uh, and all these kind of more uh, woo-woo type of sounding things that are really the power of the practice. In any case, that is Nick's thoughts. And that with that, I will move on to thought number four. What matters is that we're in the ocean. Uh, and he, so this, this is a, an impactful, like super impactful passage from Sakni Rinpoche from Why We Meditate on how to deal with the ups and downs of our contemplative practice. So here is what he says, quote, Remember that meditation experiences keep rising and falling like our moods or the stock market. Sometimes we feel clear, light, and elated like we're making rapid progress. Other times we feel sluggish or agitated like we're not getting anywhere, like anything but meditation would be better. Just keep going without getting too caught up in, the, in our shifting experiences. In the end, our experiences are like waves in the ocean. But despite their ups and downs, what matters is that we're still in the water. End quote. I just love that, right? What matters is that we're still in the water. Remember, some days we'll feel amazing, like it's the best thing. Other days we'll feel down and out. Just keep going, right? Just keep going. Uh, not getting too caught up in those shifting experiences. And what matters most is that we're in the water. I love that. All right, let's move on to this week's. That's the four thoughts. Let's move on to this week's one quote. Here it is. Quote. I think that working with the breath can be a very powerful technique to center the mind, to help you work more efficiently, to help you deal with all of the challenges that life throws in your way every day, and to really turn your direction away from the material world toward the non-physical world, end quote. And that is Andrew Weil, MD, and that is from that great little audio tape I've been mentioning for like, gosh, over a year now, uh, Breathing, the Master Key to Self-Healing. Let's move on to the one answer for this week. The category is the nose. The answer is nasal congestion is generally caused by this, which makes breathing more challenging and reduces the nose's ability to clear mucus, which exacerbates the congestion even further. What is inflammation of the nasal mucosal? That one was inspired by the fact that I have a runny nose and a stuffed up nose, nasal congestion. Uh, I woke up with on Saturday morning. I'm recording this on Sunday. It hasn't gone away yet. I've been lucky not to get sick in a while with my daughter at school. I thought I would get sick a lot. I've avoided it, but not this time. In any case, uh, so inflammation is what causes it, starts it, and then all the other things just exacerbate it further. All right, that is it for this week. Remember, breathing for better brain health this Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. If you can't make it live, no big deal. You'll get the recording two-hour workshop, lots of exercises, lots of learning, of course. You're going to get lots of science and quotes. You know me. Uh, but 50 bucks, I hope you'll join. 
Uh, remember that John Kabat-Zinn got into mindfulness, sorta, his best meditation teacher, right, was the sauna. So that's a nice, cool story and a nice reminder that stressors can bring us peace in some cases. Remember to sing more for optimal breathing. Remember what makes diabetes, you know, what sets breathing and mindfulness apart for diabetes is that it focuses on you, right? If you have diabetes, it's focusing on you. It works for everyone, right? These practices work for everyone because they're all about just cultivating what's more, what's what's more right with us, right? More awareness to the things that are already whole. And that as a byproduct does help our diabetes pretty significantly. And remember that through it all, all the ups and downs, all the back and forths, right? The most important thing, as Sakni Rinpoche tells us, is to stay in the water, that we're in the water to just keep going. So I hope these little uh, podcasts are a nice reminder to you to stay in the water. And just thank you, as always, for listening. I will see you next time.